chapter nine of the pilot by james fenimore cooper this librivox recording is in the public domain chapter nine sirrah how dare you leave your barley broth to come in armour thus against your king drama the large irregular building inhabited by colonel howard well deserved the name it had received from the pen of catherine plowden notwithstanding the confusion in its orders owing to the different ages in which its several parts had been erected the interior was not wanting in that appearance of comfort which forms the great characteristic of english domestic life its dark and intricate mazes of halls galleries and apartments were all well provided with good and substantial furniture and whatever might have been the purposes of their original construction they were now peacefully appropriated to the service of a quiet and well-ordered family there were divers portentous traditions of cruel separations and blighted loves which always linger like cobwebs around the walls of old houses to be heard here also and which doubtless in abler hands might easily have been wrought up into scenes of high interest and delectable pathos but our humbler efforts must be limited by an attempt to describe man as god has made him vulgar and unseemly as he may appear to sublimated faculties to the possessors of which enviable qualifications we desire to say at once that we are determined to eschew all things supernaturally refined as we would the devil to all those then who are tired of the company of their species we would bluntly insinuate that the sooner they throw aside our pages and seize upon those of some more highly gifted bard the sooner will they be in the way of quitting earth if not of attaining heaven our business is solely to treat of man and this fair scene on which he acts and that not in his subtleties and metaphysical contradictions but in his palpable nature that all may understand our meaning as well as ourselves whereby we may manifestly reject the prodigious advantage of being thought a genius by perhaps foolishly refusing the mighty aid of incomprehensibility to establish such a character leaving the gloomy shadows of the cliffs under which the little ariel had been seen to steer and the sullen roaring of the surf along the margin of the ocean we shall endeavour to transport the reader to the dining-parlour of st ruth's abbey taking the evening of the same day as the time for introducing another collection of those personages whose acts and characters it has become our duty to describe the room was not of very large dimensions and every part was glittering with the collected light of half a dozen candles aided by the fierce rays that glanced from the grate which held a most cheerful fire of sea-coal the mouldings of the dark oak wainscoting threw back upon the massive table of mahogany streaks of strong light which played among the rich fluids that were sparkling on the board in mimic halos the outline of this picture of comfort was formed by damask curtains of a deep red and enormous oak chairs with leathern backs and cushioned seats as if the apartment were hermetically sealed against the world and its chilling cares around the table which still stood in the centre of the floor were seated three gentlemen in the easy enjoyment 
of their daily repast the cloth had been drawn and the bottle was slowly passing among them as if those who partook of its bounty well knew that neither the time nor the opportunity would be wanting for their deliberate indulgence in its pleasures at one end of the table an elderly man was seated who performed whatever little acts of courtesy the duties of a host would appear to render necessary in a company where all seemed to be equally at their ease and at home this gentleman was in the decline of life though his erect carriage quick movements and steady hand equally denoted that it was an old age free from the usual infirmities in his dress he belonged to that class whose members always follow the fashions of the age anterior to the one in which they live whether from disinclination to sudden changes of any kind or from the recollections of a period which with them has been hallowed by scenes and feelings that the chilling evening of life can neither revive nor equal age might possibly have thrown its blighting frosts on his thin locks but art had laboured to conceal the ravages with the nicest care an accurate outline of powder covered not only the parts where the hair actually remained but wherever nature had prescribed that hair should grow his countenance was strongly marked in features if not in expression exhibiting on the whole a look of noble integrity and high honour which was a good deal aided in its effect by the lofty receding forehead that rose like a monument above the whole to record the character of the aged veteran a few streaks of branching red mingled with a swarthiness of complexion that was rendered more conspicuous by the outline of unsullied white which nearly surrounded his prominent features opposite to the host who it will at once be understood was colonel howard was the thin yellow visage of mr christopher dillon that bane to the happiness of her cousin already mentioned by miss plowden between these two gentlemen was a middle-aged hard-featured man attired in the livery of king george whose countenance emulated the scarlet of his coat and whose principal employment at the moment appeared to consist in doing honour to the cheer of his entertainer occasionally a servant entered or left the room in silence giving admission however through the open door to the rushing sounds of the gale as the wind murmured amid the angles and high chimneys of the edifice a man in the dress of a rustic was standing near the chair of colonel howard between whom and the master of the mansion a dialogue had been maintained which closed as follows the colonel was the first to speak after the curtain is drawn from between the eyes of the reader and the scene said you farmer that the scotchman beheld the vessels with his own eyes the answer was a simple negative well well continued the colonel you can withdraw the man made a rude attempt at a bow which being returned by the old soldier with formal grace he left the room the host turning to his companions resumed the subject if those rash boys have really persuaded the silly dotard who commands the frigate to trust himself within the shoals on the eve of such a gale as this their case must have been hopeless indeed thus may rebellion and disaffection ever meet with the just indignation of providence it would not surprise me gentlemen to hear that my native land had been engulfed by earthquakes or swallowed by the ocean so awful and inexcusable has been the weight of her transgressions and yet it was a proud and daring boy who held the second station in that ship 
i knew his father well and a gallant gentleman he was who like my own brother the parent of cecilia preferred to serve his master on the ocean rather than on the land his son inherited the bravery of his high spirit without its loyalty one would not wish to have such a youth drowned either this speech which partook much of the nature of a soliloquy especially toward its close called for no immediate reply but the soldier having held his glass to the candle to admire the rosy hue of its contents and then sipped of the fluid so often that nothing but a clear light remained to gaze at quietly replaced the empty vessel on the table and as he extended an arm toward the blushing bottle he spoke in the careless tones of one whose thoughts were dwelling on another theme ay true enough sir good men are scarce and as you say one cannot but mourn his fate though his death be glorious quite a loss to his majesty's service i dare say it will prove a loss to the service of his majesty echoed the host his death glorious no captain borrowcliffe the death of no rebel can be glorious and how he can be a loss to his majesty's service i myself am quite at a loss to understand the soldier whose ideas were in that happy state of confusion that renders it difficult to command the one most needed but who still from long discipline had them under a wonderful control for the disorder of his brain answered with great promptitude i mean the loss of his example sir it would have been so appalling to others to have seen the young man executed instead of shot in battle he is drowned sir ah that is the next thing to being hanged that circumstance has escaped me it is by no means certain sir that the ship and schooner that the drover saw are the vessels you take them to have been said mr dillon in a harsh drawling tone of voice i should doubt their daring to venture so openly on the coast and in the direct track of our vessels of war these people are our countrymen christopher though they are rebels exclaimed the colonel they are a hardy and brave nation when i had the honour of serving his majesty some twenty years since it was my fortune to face the enemies of my king in a few small affairs captain borrowcliffe such as the siege of quebec and the battle before its gates a trifling occasion at ticonderoga and that unfortunate catastrophe of general braddock with a few others i must say sir in favour of the colonists that they played a manful game on the latter day and this gentleman who now heads the rebels sustained a gallant name among us for his conduct in that disastrous business he was a discreet well-behaved young man and quite a gentleman i've never denied that mr washington was very much of a gentleman yes said the soldier yawning he was educated among his majesty's troops and he could hardly be otherwise but i am quite melancholy about this unfortunate drowning colonel howard here will be an end of my vocation i suppose and i am far from denying that your hospitality has made these quarters most agreeable to me then sir the obligation is only mutual returned the host with a polite inclination of his head but gentlemen who like ourselves have been made free of the camp need not bandy idle compliments about such trifles if it were my kinsman dillon now whose thoughts ran more on coke upon littleton than on the gaieties of a mess-table and a soldier's life he might think such formalities as necessary as his hard words are to a deed come borrowcliffe my dear fellow i believe we have given an honest glass to each of the royal family god bless them all let us swallow a bumper to the memory of the immortal wolf 
an honest proposal my gallant host and such a one as a soldier will never decline returned the captain who roused himself with the occasion god bless them all say i in echo and if this gracious queen of ours ends as famously as she has begun twill be such a family of princes as no other army of europe can brag of around a mess-table ay ay there is some consolation in that thought in the midst of this dire rebellion of my countrymen but i'll vex myself no more with the unpleasant recollections the arms of my sovereign will soon purge that wicked land of the foul stain of that there can be no doubt said borrowcliffe whose thoughts still continued a little obscured by the sparkling madeira that had long lain ripening under a carolinian sun these yankees fly before his majesty's regulars like so many dirty clowns in a london mob before a charge of the horse-guards pardon me captain borrowcliffe said his host elevating his person to more than its usually erect attitude they may be misguided deluded and betrayed but the comparison is unjust give them arms and give them discipline and he who gets an inch of their land from them plentiful as it is will find a bloody day on which to take possession the various coward in christendom would fight in country where wine brews itself into such a cordial as this returned the cool soldier i am a living proof that you mistook my meaning for had not those loose-flapped gentlemen they call vermontes and hampshire granters god grant them his blessing for the deed finished two-thirds of my company i should not have been at this day under your roof a recruiting instead of a marching officer neither should i have been bound up in a covenant like the law of moses could burgoyne have made head against their long-legged marchings and counter-marchings sir i drink their healths with all my heart and with such a bottle of golden sunshine before me rather than displease so good a friend i will go through gates whole army regiment by regiment company by company or if you insist on the same even man by man in a bumper on no account would i tax your politeness so far returned the colonel abundantly mollified by this ample concession i stand too much your debtor captain borrowcliffe for so freely volunteering to defend my house against the attacks of my piratical rebellious and misguided countrymen to think of requiring such a concession harder duty might be performed and no favours asked my respectable host returned the soldier country quarters are apt to be dull and the liquor is commonly execrable but in such a dwelling as this a man can rock himself in the very cradle of contentment and yet there is one subject of complaint that i should disgrace my regiment did i not speak of for it is incumbent on me both as a man and a soldier to be no longer silent name it sir freely and its cause shall be as freely redressed said the host in some amazement here we three sit from morning to night continued the soldier bachelors all well provisioned and better liquored i grant you but like so many well-fed anchorites while two of the loveliest damsels in the island pine in solitude within a hundred feet of us without tasting the homage of our size this i will maintain as a reproach both to your character colonel howard as an old soldier and to mine as a young one as to our old friend coke on top of littleton here i leave him to the quiddities of the law to plead his own cause the brow of the host contracted for a moment and the sallow cheek of dillon who had sat during the dialogue in a sullen silence appeared to grow even livid but gradually the open brow of the veteran resumed its frank expression and the lips of the other relaxed into a jesuitical sort of a smile that was totally disregarded by the captain who amused himself with sipping his wine while he waited for an answer 
as if he analyzed each drop that crossed his palate after an embarrassing pause of a moment colonel howard broke the silence there is reason in borough cliff's hint for such i take it to be i meant it for a plain matter-of-fact complaint interrupted the soldier and you have cause for it continued the colonel it is unreasonable christopher that the lady should allow their dread of these piratical countrymen of ours to exclude us from their society though prudence may require that they remain secluded in their apartments we owe the respect to captain burrowcliff that at least we admit him to the sight of the coffee urn in an evening that is precisely my meaning said the captain as for dining with them why i am well provided for here but there is no one knows how to set hot water a hissing in so professional manner as a woman so forward my dear and honoured colonel and lay your injunctions on them that they command your humble servant and mr coke unto littleton to advance and give the countersign of gallantry dillon contracted his disagreeable features into something that was intended for a satirical smile before he spoke as follows both the veteran colonel howard and the gallant captain burrowcliff may find it easier to overcome the enemies of his majesty in the field than to shake a woman's caprice not a day has passed these three weeks that i have not sent my inquiries to the door of miss howard as became her father's kinsman with a wish to appease her apprehensions of the pirates but little has she deigned me in reply more than such thanks as her sex and breeding could not well dispense with well you have been as fortunate as myself and why you should be more so i see no reason cried the soldier throwing a glance of cool contempt at the other fear whitens the cheek and ladies best love to be seen when the roses flourish rather than the lilies a woman is never so interesting captain burrowcliff said the gallant host as when she appears to lean on man for support and he who does not feel himself honoured by the trust is a disgrace to his species bravo my honoured sir a worthy sentiment and spoken like a true soldier but i have heard much of the loveliness of the ladies of the abbey since i have been in my present quarters and i feel a strong desire to witness beauty encircled by such loyalty as could induce them to flee their native country rather than to devote their charms to the rude keeping of the rebels the colonel looked grave and for a moment fierce but the expression of his displeasure soon passed away in a smile of forced gaiety and as he cheerfully rose from his seat he cried you shall be admitted this very night and this instant captain burrowcliff we owe it sir to your services here as well as in the field and those forward girls shall be humoured no longer nay it is nearly two weeks since i have seen my ward myself nor have i laid my eyes on my niece but twice in all that time christopher i leave the captain under your good care while i go seek admission into the cloisters we call that part of the building the cloisters because it holds our nuns sir you will pardon my early absence from the table captain burrowcliff i beg it may not be mentioned you leave an excellent representative behind you sir cried the soldier taking in the lank figure of mr dillon in a sweeping glance that terminated with a subtle gaze on his decanter make my devoirs to the recluses and say all that your own excellent wit shall suggest as an apology for my impatience mr dillon i meet you in a bumper to their healths and in their honour the challenge was coldly accepted and while these gentlemen still held their glasses to their lips colonel howard left the apartment bowing low and uttering a thousand excuses to his guest as he proceeded and even offering a very unnecessary apology of the same effect to his habitual inmate mr dillon 
is fear so very powerful within these old walls said the soldier when the door closed behind their host that your ladies deem it necessary to conceal themselves before even an enemy is known to have landed dillon coldly replied the name of paul jones is terrific to all on this coast i believe nor are the ladies of st ruth singular in their apprehensions ah the pirate has bought himself a desperate name since the affair of flamborough head but let him look to it if he trusts himself in another whitehaven expedition while there is a detachment of the blankteenth in the neighbourhood though the men should be nothing better than recruits our last accounts leave him safe in the court of louis returned his companion but there are men as desperate as himself who sail the ocean under the rebel flag and from one or two of them we have had much reason to apprehend the vengeance of disappointed men it is they that we hope we lost in this gale hum i hope they were dastards or your hopes are little unchristian and he would have proceeded but the door opened and his orderly entered and announced that a sentinel had detained three men who were passing along the highway near the abbey and who by their dress appeared to be seamen well let them pass cried the captain what have we nothing to do better than to stop passengers like footpads on the king's highway give them of your canteens and let the rascals pass your orders were to give the alarm if any hostile party landed on the coast not to detain peaceable subjects on their lawful business i beg your honour's pardon returned the sergeant but these men seemed lurking about the grounds for no good and as they kept carefully aloof from the place where our sentinel was posted until to-night downing thought it looked suspiciously and detained them downing is a fool and it may go hard with him for his officiousness what have you done with the men i took them to the guard-room in the east wings your honour then feed them and hark ye sir liquor them well that we hear no complaints and let them go yes sir yes your honour shall be obeyed but there is a straight soldierly-looking fellow among them that i think might be persuaded to enlist if he were detained till morning i doubt sir by his walk but he has served already ha what say you cried the captain pricking up his ears like a hound who hears a well-known cry served think ye already there are signs about him your honour to that effect an old soldier is seldom deceived in such a thing and considering his disguise for it can be no other and the place where we took him there is no danger of a have us corpses until he is tied to us by the laws of the kingdom peace you knave said borroughcliffe rising and making a devious route toward the door you speak in the presence of my lord chief justice that is to be and should not talk lightly of the laws but still you say reason give me your arm sergeant and lead the way to the east wing my eyesight is good for nothing in such a dark night a soldier should always visit his guard before the tattoo beats after emulating the courtesy of their host captain borroughcliffe retired on this patriotic errand leaning on his subordinate in a style of most familiar condescension dillon continued at the table endeavouring to express the rancorous feelings of his breast by a satirical smile of contempt that was necessarily lost on all but himself as a large mirror threw back the image of his morose and unpleasant features but we must precede the veteran colonel in his visits to the cloisters End of chapter nine